Good morning, everybody. Good morning. morning in the room, morning online. So glad that you have joined us. As a general rule of thumb, everything is better when it's done in the light, yeah? yeah. Except for perhaps looking at stars at night. You know, that, that's looking at stars. It's hard to do that during the day. Um, here's a husband and wife conversation starter on the drive on your way home. Marital, marital intimacy, better in the light or in the dark? You're welcome for that one. <laughs> Have a think about that afterwards. Have a conversation about better light or dark. Most people would say, though, that things are usually better when it's done in the light. When things are so much better when it's done in the light. But the simple reality is that our lives are not always lived in the light. Our lives are many times are actually lived in darkness. Even though the sun may come, come up on us every single day, the vast majority of people's lives are actually lived in darkness, not in the light. Even though they may live out their lives in daylight, their life is still lived in darkness. So today what we want to try and do is start a, a new series this week that is called Living in the Light. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at what it means to live your life in the light. Now, I don't mean a literal light here. I'm talking about what it means to live our life in living in God's light. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at when it comes to this issue of light, how light is in fact uh, wisdom, how light is hope, how light is Jesus himself, and how light is also eternity. But we're going to start off today by looking at how light is purpose. Now, why we're doing this series is not simply so that your life can be transformed by living in the light. You know, you may remember that back in July, we did a series that was called Over the Fence. And that series was to help us get to know our neighbour a little bit better, particularly know the beliefs of our neighbour, which chances are are very different to ours very different to ours. And so that series was to help us um, to know, like if we can better know our neighbour, then that can help us better engage with them with the faith, hope and love of Jesus. Now, in one of the weeks of the Over the Fence series, we spoke about what your Hindu neighbour may in fact believe. And I mentioned that later in the year we'd be doing a series that could very well help you invite your Hindu neighbour to come along to church to actually come and hear about something that the Hin- your Hindu neighbour may be very interested in. And can I reassure you that your Hindu neighbour is very interested in the notion of light. You see, why we've scheduled this new Living in the Light series for now is because it is to coincide with the upcoming Hindu celebration called Diwali. Diwali is the festival of lights, if, you haven't, if you're not quite sure what that is. Now, Diwali is a big deal for Hindu people. It is such a big deal. It's like how big a deal it is as Easter or Christmas is for Christian people. It's a big deal to, um, to Hindu people. And Diwali, if you're not quite sure, is the celebration of where Hindus believe that one of their various gods... Um, had a spiritual victory of sorts. Now, if you look into Diwali a little bit more and understand their spiritual connotations attached to that, in geographical locations of India, the different 
Hindu people will believe a different one of their gods actually had the victory. So there will be a whole range of different gods, drafting different Hindu people. They'll believe a different Hindu god actually had this victory. But nonetheless, what is common to all Hindu people is that Diwali is a recognising a spiritual victory, if you like. So what that means then is that your Hindu neighbour is particularly interested. They have already have a pre-existing spiritual inclination towards the notion of light because there's their biggest celebration of the year is around the issue of light. So from your over-the-fence conversations with your Hindu neighbour, you may want to consider inviting your Hindu neighbour to come along to our celebration of light. Now, this series that we're going to be doing is not to celebrate light as Hindu people would celebrate light, but rather we are celebrating as Christians the one who's, who conquered darkness, Jesus. His name is Jesus and he defeated darkness when he, when he died on the Roman cross 2,000 years ago. This Jesus, this God who came into this world. Jesus who is not some mythical deity but is in fact a person who came into this world that history testifies existed and that history testifies also rose from the dead. Jesus who triumphed over Satan and the powers of darkness by sacrificing himself on the cross so the sin of the world could be forgiven once and for all. This is the person, this Jesus is the one that who we celebrate. However, the thing that Hindu people may overlook in their celebration of the victory of light and that many Christian people may overlook in the Easter story is that this victory is not simply a single event, whether that be mythical as it would be in some religious circles or actually real and truth. Such a victory is not a single one-time event, but rather this victory is to impact people's everyday life. Now, we'll often hear people talk about the hard-fought one victory of our military forces, particularly when it comes to World War II. You'll hear them talk about they, they sacrificed so much to give us freedom, that we can live in the freedom that we have today. What a blessing it is to be in Australia where we can live in the freedom that was built on the sacrifice of our, of our military people over the generations that have gone before us. Ever heard people talk about that? So my question is this. If you were to ask those people who gave so much to fight for the freedom that we have today, would they say that we are actually living in the freedom that they fought to give us? Would they say, you know what, you are living lives that are appropriate for the sacrifice that we have given for you today? Or would they actually cast doubts upon how we are exercising our freedom because if we have a look at the way that we're exercising our freedom today, we see that this in us living out our freedom today, that we are becoming, what, more angry, more addicted, more immoral, more depraved, more materialistic, more selfish. We're becoming less generous. We're becoming less compassionate. That's how you would describe today, wouldn't you? So my question is, is saying that if these people who have sacrificed so much for us to live in the freedom 
that we have today, would they be happy with the lives that we live, considering the victory that they had won previously? You see, the victory is not merely a celebration that we are to remember at a particular time each year. It is something that is to impact our very lives, our everyday life. And our lives then are to honour what is actually the victory that has been claimed, the victory that has been won. So when it comes to the victory that Jesus won on the cross, is it simply something that we are to remember at, at once a year at Easter time? Or is it to actually impact our every day where the victory of light of Jesus over darkness is to impact our every single day? That's what this series is all about. It's about understanding how we live every single day in the light, the light of Jesus. And we have to remember that Jesus himself sort of spoke about this. Jesus says, he says, I am the world's light. No one follows me. No one who follows me stumbles around in the darkness. I provide, I provide plenty of light to live in, he says. So Jesus says, I am the light and I provide you all the light that you could ever need. Plenty of light for you to what? To live in. Not merely remember and celebrate once a year, but rather for you to live your everyday life in this light. Now, the light is to be celebrated. It is to be honoured by the way that we live. And we are to live lives that honour the light's presence, the light's sacrifice and the light's victory. So when it comes to living in this light, there's plenty of light that Jesus himself talks about. It means then that this light, we live in the light of wisdom. We live in the light of hope. We live in, the, in Jesus, the light himself, and then we head towards living in the light of eternity for the rest of all of time. And today we're going to be looking at what it means to, another aspect of what it means to live in the light. And we have to understand that this aspect we're talking about today is not something simply that came about when Jesus came into this world and when he died on the cross. This light we're talking about actually comes back to the very first words on the very first page of the very first book of the Bible. That is the from the book of Genesis. So let us have a look at how the Bible actually starts in reference to the issue of light and what it means to live in this light every single day. So this is what it says. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. These are the first words of the opening of Scripture. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the darkness was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. And he called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Now, I'm not going to unpack this whole creation story for us today. But this morning, we need to see this part of Genesis chapter 1 as helping us understand who God is so that we can then understand and put into perspective the rest of creation and to put ourselves in a place in reference to who God is as well. So the definitive statement right up front, which many of us will be familiar with, 
is that God created the heavens of the, and the earth. God created it all. Now, if you are somebody who is unsure about how all of this beauty around us started, if you're unsure about the number of days that it talks about in Genesis, if you're unsure about where the dinosaurs fit into it all, because let's not... Let's not um, mess around here. Lots of people cast doubts about the creation story simply because of the dinosaurs. You may be one of those people. But can I encourage you to say that if, if you're someone who are unsure about how all this has started, can I encourage you to trust in the fact that God created it all? See, that's where my faith is based, that God created it all. There's a lot of stuff that I don't understand, but I have absolute faith that God created it all. And then you see from verse 2, we see that what God in fact created first was formless and empty and dark. Now, many scholars actually use the word chaos, include the word chaos, to describe what was first created. See, a lot of us forget that when you read the Genesis story, the first thing created wasn't light was in fact something that was formless and dark and empty and chaotic. But then God said, let there be light. And light came. Light came into what had already been created by by God. Light was something unique and different. And light ushered in something incredible about who God is. And when said God said, let there be light, and what would follow actually helps us understand what would come in the rest of the description of Genesis chapter 1. See, Genesis chapter 1 is structured in a particular way. It's not just written. It's actually structured in a particular way. And this may be really may be news for some people here today. The way that Genesis 1 is actually structured is that in the first three days of creation, it talks about God creating habitats. And then in days 4, 5 and 6, it talks about God creating inhabitants to occupy those habitats. Now, if we have a look at that, I'm not sure if you can or not, Kate, but if you can bring up the table for us uh, from there, you will see that what in fact is is described in Genesis chapter 1. Day one, God created light and the environment, the habitat, was a, a habitat for, lightness, for, for light and darkness. And in day four, God then created the inhabitants to occupy that habitat. He created the luminaries, the sun, the moon, the stars. And see, what we see for the rest of reading through Genesis, each of the days, be it one, two, three is then mirrored by creations 4, 5 and 6 for inhabitants to occupy those particular habitats that were created in the first three days. Now, that may be something that you've never heard about before, never thought about before. So can I encourage you, read Genesis chapter 1 again for yourself and see what is described there and see how it illuminates your understanding of this creation story. But the interesting thing is that God said, let there be light. So light is the very revelation of who God is. Light brings into the creation story a complete understanding about who God is. 
and who God is in the coming of light is that God has a purpose for the creation that he has and that he will bring about in the subsequent days. Light is the revelation of the purposes of God. So what that means then ultimately is that living in the light is living in the very purposes of God. I'm not sure if that slide will come up. <laughs> I'm not considering what's going on at the moment. Here we go. Thanks, Kate. Living in the light is living in the purposes of God because light is an expression of purpose. Light is not just the absence of darkness. Light is an expression of purpose. And that's something that is in integrally uh, we, we need to understand to make sure we understand that what it means to live in the light. Light is an expression of purpose. Now, this is supported in a number of places in Scripture, but particularly when the Apostle Paul writes this about us. He says, For you were once darkness, but you are now light in the Lord. So live as children of light. Notice here that Paul says about it's not just light is in existence, but rather that we are to live as children of light. We are to live in the light and live as children of the light. So living in the light is living in the purposes of the person who brought light into existence in the first place, that being God himself. And living in the light can totally transform your life. Now, how can that happen? Well, I want to show you an example of where that would be the case. Now, the example I want to show you is actually what I believe is the model for what Sunday gatherings, what church is supposed to be like. And as we watch this clip, I want you to compare what you see in the clip to our reality and see if you can see a little bit of a difference. As you watch the clip... I also want you to look to see about what it means to live in the light. Let's watch this clip now.
So who, who votes here? Church vote here this morning. Who votes the church is going to be like that next week? Yeah, we're going to say that? Yes. Yes. We're going to can we get, get to talk about Jesus. Yes. Yes. Help Gilligan get off the island. Um, if you want to ask me later, Edwin and myself had a really interesting experience. Uh, we went to a church service in Harlem in New York one time, and it was wild. It was wild. It was a combination of uh, a little bit of <laughs> little, little, little bit of uh, Blues Brothers, a little bit coming to America, and it was fantastic. But look, dancing and music aside, and what we are praying, we'll see Dell and Coralie and Judy and others do next week. If you put that aside, what does the clip tell you about the light? Now, if you don't know the background story to the, the Blues Brothers movie, um, Jake and, and Elwood Blues, the, the two guys dressed in the suits in the, in the movie there, um, they were raised in a Catholic orphanage. And, uh, and this orphanage uh, was, kept them off the streets. And... The reality is that the orphanage now was in dire financial problems. And the two brothers became aware of that, and, but they didn't know what to do to actually help them out because if the orphanage didn't get a certain amount of money, the orphanage would close and the orphans and the nuns would be put into horrible, difficult, bad situations. So the brothers didn't know how they could possibly help. And then Jake and Elwood came to church. And Jake, Jake saw the light and then God gave him a purpose, a purpose. The band, the band, Elwood, the band. So now they were on a mission from God. Their purpose was to get the Blues Brothers band, to get them together again, to do some gigs, to raise some money so they could keep the orphanage open and to be able to help the orphans. So the light of God gave Jake the purpose of actually living for somebody else, for the benefit of somebody else other than himself. So the light was God's revelation to Jake about how he was to help God help people. You see, from the very beginning of time, the light is the very purposes of God. 
And although we what we just saw in the movie, it's just a movie, but in that scene from the Blues Brothers, it shows some, us something about what it means to live in the light. It's about living out the very purposes of God. You living in the light is for you to be purposeful with your life. Now, how do you, what does it mean to live out the purposes of God? What does it mean to live in the life? Light, what are the purposes of God? Well, what the purposes of God is, is basically the same as it's been for all people throughout all time. And the Apostle Paul gets an inkling, gets a word about what this actually is, about what this light, what this purpose actually is. And we have to remember, Jake Blues is not the only one who's had a light experience. The Apostle Paul himself had a profound light experience. It talks about in the Gospel of Acts, or in the book of Acts, that ultimately Paul on the road to Damascus, he was enveloped in light and he met Jesus. And Jesus said to him these words, he says, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. You see, God's salvation to the ends of the earth is God's purpose for all humankind, for this salvation to come, for God helping people and helping people to know the salvation, helping people to know who God is. That's what the light is always been for, for people to know who God is. That's why light came in the beginning. You see, us living in the light is not simply to get our vitamin D levels up. It is not simply for us to live in the light and get a nice little tanned glow. Living in the light is for not merely our benefit, it is for to see the purposes of God to come into this world. And it has been like that from the very beginning. Because the very beginning, when God said, let there be light, it was for people to know, for all creation to know who this God is. Don't believe me? Let's have a look at the Apostle Paul. What he says here. He says these incredible words. He says, remember, our message is not about ourselves. We're proclaiming Jesus Christ, the master, and all we are is messengers, errand runners, really, from Jesus to you. Get this bit. For it started when all of this started, when God said, light up the darkness. When God said, let there be light. And our lives filled up with the light as we saw and understood God. So the light that we have come in that he's wanted for all of time, for us to know who God is. And we have the privilege now of knowing who God is by seeing the face of Christ, all bright and beautiful. Notice here that this getting to know who God is started way back in the beginning when God said, let there be light. It's not just a part of creation. It is part of God's purposeful creation to see all of creation know who he is. And so living in the light is about living in the purposes of God so that everybody knows who he is. So how are we to do that? Well, if we take the movie, take the movie as an example, you've got to come to church. Anyone going to laugh at me with that one? Because it's only in church that you get a revelation of the light, according to the movie. Now, you see, if you have your heart open, God's going to show you something profound. 
about what it means for you to live out the purposes of God. Now, that revelation may come to you in a whole range of different places. It may happen here at church. It may happen in a whole range of places. But it's being in a position where for you to be impacted by the purposes of God, by coming into the light. There's something that's really important that we must recognise about the experience that Jake Blues had in the movie. And I know it's just a movie, but it's an important truth nonetheless. You see, a couple of days earlier before Jake and Elwood coming into the church that day, Jake was in jail. He was in jail. And that is because he actually hadn't been living his life well at all. In fact, some people would say that he'd been living his life in darkness. But yet, even though that he had been convicted of a crime and been in jail, he gets to a place for God to impact him and tell him about and invite him and empower him to live out the very purposes of God. See, what that tells us is it doesn't matter what our past may be. You can still live out the purposes of God. Nothing that you have done in your past can disqualify you from being used for God's purposes moving forward in your life. You see, what we see from the movie is that your past is just that. It is your past, but your future is tied to the purposes of God. It all depends on whether or not we want to actually live in the light or not. You see, many of us, we, we have heard about the light. We've heard about Jesus being light. We've heard the words before when Jesus says, I am the light of the world. We've heard that, but that doesn't mean we've lived in the light. We've heard that. We might even have faith in the fact that Jesus is the light, but that doesn't mean we've still lived in the light ourselves because a lot of times we don't live out the very purposes of God. You see, for us to live in the light is living out the purposes of God. And for many of us, Life has become darker for us. And life always becomes darker for us whenever we start living for ourselves. We live in darkness when we live for ourselves. But when we live in the light, we live in the very purposes of God. And so for many of us here today, the challenge is, are you living in the light? Are you living out the very purposes of God for you to show the world who this God is? For you to radiate this light? Because what we have to realise is that we live in the light to become God's light. The purpose of the light is then for God to purpose you to be his light in this world. You see, a lot of us think that our purpose in life is to make money, to get promoted, to go on good holidays overseas, to have a secure retirement, and our purpose is to have good family times. That's our purpose in life. Now, those things may happen along the way, but that's not your purpose and it's not my purpose. Our purpose is to radiate God's light into this dark world. That's our purpose. All the other stuff is blessings along the way. Make no mistake about it. Your purpose, stated from way back in the beginning of creation, was for you to radiate the purposes of God into this world, for the world and all of creation to know who he is. That's your purpose. That's my purpose. 
But the issue is how many of us are living out the very purposes of God. We may, we may have a faith in Jesus, but are we living in the light? Living in the light is not merely about having a faith in Jesus. Living in the light is living out the very purposes of God because light is the purpose of God. And that may be something that we've never thought about before. And we wonder why we wonder why we lo- why we don't have a spiritual spring in our step. We wonder sometimes why do I bother? Why do I b- bother coming along on Sundays? Why do I bother going to a connect group? Why do I bother any of it? Why do I bother reading the Bible? Why do I bother praying or anything like that? Maybe, just maybe, it's because we've never really appreciated what the purpose of the light has been for us. One last thing about the movie. What did Jake and Elwood do, the two brothers do, when they realised what their purpose was? Cartwheeled. They danced. You know, for some of us who feel like we've lost our spiritual uh, spring in our step, then maybe it's because we have actually forgotten what the purpose of God is and that we're not living it anymore. Because what we realise is that you understand what your purpose is for your life, what you are here for, that brings us something that we live in every day. It motivates us every single day. It gets a spring out of bed. We jump out of bed. Yes, even if before we have a coffee, we can jump out of bed and go, I know what my purpose is today, that I am to bring light into this world. And I feel so excited about that. I'm going to do cartwheels. I'm going to dance as Elwood does. Or as Judy and as Coralie and Dell are going to do next week. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> what may be missing from your spiritual life right now is actually living in the light of God's purpose into this world. Maybe. That's the challenge for you to think about. You may have a faith in Jesus, but are you living in the light of his purpose? Living in the light is something profound. It transforms our life. It transforms everything that we do. So much so that we're going to reflect upon a passage in a minute as we share in communion. So if the, if the ushers can help handing out communion, that would be great. Communion is something incredibly special. And if you love Jesus here today, then you are welcome to share in communion with us. But the interesting thing that the one of Jesus' disciples, one of his apostles called John, in a letter that we find almost at the end of the Bible, he writes these profound words. He says, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, to get, to get that there, even though that we might have a faith in Jesus, but yet we walk in darkness, we can have a faith in Jesus, but still not live in the light. So if we proclaim to have a, a, a fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. You know, the emblems that we're about to take now are significant. The cup of juice rep- represents Jesus' shed blood on the cross. The, 
the, the cracker represents Jesus' broken body for the forgiveness that he extended to each of us, all of us. Forgiveness for all of us by his sacrificial death on the cross. Communion is our regular celebration of the victory of light over darkness. We don't merely do it once a year at Easter. We do it regularly to remember the victory of light over darkness. But the Apostle John here makes a very interesting point that ultimately living in this light, because God is light, us living in the light means it affects every single one of our relationships that we live out every day in. It affects every single decision that we make every single day. It's not simply about having faith in Jesus, it's about living in his light and impacting every single thing that we do every single day. The last part of that verse there provides us great encouragement because we know that ultimately that it is the blood of Jesus that purifies us, that cleanses us for when we do not live in the light, as God is light, as Jesus is light, he forgives us of the sin. So as we share the emblems now of communion, I would encourage you to give thanks to Jesus for the victory of, that he had on the cross, a victory of light over darkness. But not only that, think about how you are living in the light. Are you living out the purposes of God? Are you living out bringing light into this dark world for you to help God, help people get to know who he is? the one who created it all, the one who spoke light, the one that brought purpose to everything that we know and experience. Let us share in communion together now and remember Jesus and celebrate him. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that on the cross you conquered death, you conquered death in your resurrection, Lord, and we also know on the cross that you conquered darkness. And we celebrate that reality now in the taking of your emblems of your sacrifice. Oh, what great victory you won on the cross. But Lord, you are inviting us not merely to remember and to celebrate what you did on the cross. You want your victory to be a freedom that we live in every single day of our lives. And where the victory that you, had, that you won is reflected in making us and our world better. Your victory is to impact our every single day. Lord, let your victory... Let you, light, you being light impact our, every single one of our relationships. Let you being light ref, uh, impact every single one of our decisions. Let you being light transform us as we live out the very purposes that you have for all of creation. Lord, you are inviting us. You are empowering us to live in this light. This light that comes from the reality of Jesus, but also the reality of, very, of, the, of creation itself. 
Lord, we thank you so much that you have been working towards this, bringing light into this world from the very beginning. And you are inviting us to be a part of that. You're inviting us to live in the light, not merely have faith, but to live as children of light. Lord, may today somebody come into a revelation about what their purpose may be. Strike them with the with illumination, bright light about what your purpose is for them in seeing them impact this world to help people know you more. Lord, I want to thank you for all of us. Lord God, as in our, in our journey of living in the light, encourage us, we ask, and help those of us who are, diff- who are struggling with living in the light right now. We thank you for your grace. But we thank you for your invitation to the future. Lord, I want to pray this and thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.